Welcome to the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca.ca. message that I want to speak and bring to you guys this morning for quite a while in my heart. Um, Just picking up the climate, the atmosphere that we've been sensing in South Africa over the last months. And um, it's been something that has been personally challenging to me and is personally challenging to me. Um, But it's something I believe that is part of our DNA as sons and daughters. And so I want to remind us this morning of what the Spirit is doing and what the Spirit is saying. And so this morning I'm going to speak about being hope carriers. Hope carriers. We went to a conference in um, August. And as the beginning of the ministry started, there was just this hope beginning to surge from an atmosphere of heaviness and discouragement, a general atmosphere of kind of we've given up. The Holy Spirit began to speak and you just saw the level of hope rise in the atmosphere. And I thought, wow, Lord, that is so powerful. And That is what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do in our hearts this morning, to actually stir up the hope that is within us. So yesterday, we had, if you can see, our amazing president, Cyril Ramaphosa, visited Motherland Coffee Company yesterday morning. This is the second time he's visited. And... um, no, by chance. It's on his, so you can see him at the top there. Which? The, the one in Parktown North. It's part of his exercise route, I think. It's the second time that he's visited there in the morning. And we just see that as a divine fulfillment of a promise. When we started Motherland 10 years ago, we trusted the Holy Spirit that each space would be a space where people would encounter the presence of God, where people would be inspired about what the Lord is saying around Africa. And to actually see this man that we are praying for, that God would raise him up as a leader in this country at this time, it was just the most divine fulfillment of a, pro- a promise. And um, just such a confirmation on the word that I want to bring this morning. So this is the text, the illustrated text that you will see on the back of the wall at Motherland. Believe in potential. Hope. You, I'll speak that out, are the revolution. You are the revolution. See goodness in the world. Africa is the future. Those are words of hope and destiny birthed out of the heart of the Father for our continent and for our nation. And I promise you in the last 10 years there and monthly, there is the opportunity to not believe in those things, to step back and go, you know what, it's too hard. The challenges are too difficult. Do I actually believe that? This is the Father's heart for our continent, that there is a future and a hope for Africa, for her people. And we have created a business that expresses the Father's heart, showcasing in design, in coffee, and in people, the beauty of Africa. And I want to remind us of that this morning, that hope is what we get to carry. We sometimes approach hope... like a wish on a birthday cake. I really hope that this impossible thing is going to happen. 
There is so much more substance to hope than making a, a wish for the impossible. And I just want to give us a basis for understanding the substance of the hope that we carry this morning. So if, you can, if you've got your Bible, I'm speaking from Colossians 1 verse 27. Rob actually had the same scripture last week. Colossians is an incredibly uncomfortable letter and is very unsettling. Why? Because Paul pens this letter from a prison cell. So, hope is completely absent in his environment. Around him, he is in prison. But Paul discovers that hope is actually inside him. Christ in him is the hope of glory. And so it is not at all dependent on what we face externally. No matter where you live or what surrounds you in this moment, there is a burning hope inside your soul that does more than just carry you through. It releases the heavenly Christ from within into the parts of your life. And that glory, that hope for glory is hope for the eternal glory that Christ has purchased for us on the cross. And it is also the hope for the glory of the kingdom to break out in our lives here on earth. And that hope is the substance for our hoping, for our longings. Colossians 1 verse 27. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. The expectation, the hopeful anticipation that the goodness and the glory of God will break out. Yes, the glory to come, but also the glory that is our inheritance to experience here as we bring heaven to earth through our lives. This mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. Do you know how that picture went around social media yesterday? Do you know how many people were in tears and goosebumps last Saturday when the Bucks won the Rugby World Cup? Why? Because we are desperate to know that someone is hoping. That someone is hoping that God is going to do something good in our nation. That someone is hoping that there will be a leader that will rise up. That someone is carrying the hope that we felt maybe in 95 when we won the World Cup in that year. That there is possibility for our country, for us as a community. For, and it goes on into from the, from the smallest for ourselves and wider into every sphere of society. We are longing to know. God wants everyone to know that we are hope carriers. Why? Because Christ is in us, the hope of glory. And Christ in us is the treasure chest of our hope. I want to quickly touch on what Rob spoke about last week, because this is the basis of where our hope comes from. He taught us so clearly last week that because of Christ on the cross and his death on the cross, we have died with him. We have been buried with him and we have been resurrected with him. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. A divine mystery. And he has made his home in us. Heaven finds its home in us and we find our home in heaven. 
That is where our hope comes from. Our hope comes from the reality that is in heaven. Our hope comes from the victory and the authority that Christ won on the cross, that he is seated above every principality and power and discouragement and disappointment. He is seated above. He is victorious, and I'm seated there with him, and that reality is at home in me. It is the treasure chest of the longing and desire to see that victory, to see that glory made manifest in my life. It is not pie in the sky wishful thinking. It is the substance of what Christ has actually achieved on the cross. I'm not going to read Romans 6 just to save time, but Romans 6, wow, you are a brand new creation. Okay, one verse. <laughs> Romans 6 verse 6, could it be any clearer that our former identity, remember Rob used that black shirt, is now and forever deprived of its power. We are resurrected as a completely new life, a new creation. And that new creation DNA carries hope, carries deep hope for the kingdom of God to break out. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Now if anyone is enfolded in Christ, he has become an entirely new person. Our son and daughter self longs to see heaven manifest, longs to see the victory of, of the cross manifest in our lives, in healings, signs and wonders, miracles, in spheres of influence that we would be able to create a heavenly atmosphere that people can come to know the Father. We long for that. That's where our hope comes from. It is the substance of what Jesus accomplished on the cross. Heaven has hopes for this planet, for humanity. Father, Son, and Spirit want to see heaven touch earth. What are you imagining? Hope is so, so easily littered by disappointment. Our imaginations are so easily pushed down to what is realistic. And our, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me these last weeks about what are you actually imagining? Because imagination is almost like a blank check of faith. It's like, wow, Father, could I, it's, could I imagine what would happen if your Spirit got poured out? Could I imagine what would happen if we saw healings and signs and wonders frequently, can I imagine what would happen if this sphere of influence actually had a leader that brought heaven? That's our imaginations actually participating with hope and with faith. And we've been created to have the mind of Christ. The Father has made us children and partners to bring heaven to earth. And it actually goes back to the original purpose in the garden where he breathed his spirit life in us and said, take the order, the peace, the beauty of this Eden and go and spread and increase and subdue the earth with that glorious kingdom. This place of trust, family, intimacy. Take it, take from here and go and spread. It's the same commission, guys. From here, from Christ within us, from being seated in heavenly places, let's go and expand the peace the order, the justice, the generosity, the love, the kindness of heaven. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 19 to 22 is, um, is, so, is such a beautiful uh, conversation that Paul is having with the, the Corinthians in this letter. He's supposed to visit them and then he doesn't go. And then he goes and then, and then he decides to go later. And they're like, 
Why are you so fickle? And he's explaining how he makes his decisions. Okay, I'm going to read from this portion here, uh, verse 19. In Jesus, he has an um, sorry. In Jesus, he has always been and always will be for us a resounding yes. For all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him, and his yes and our amen ascend to God, and we bring him glory. Now it is in God himself who has anointed us. He is constantly strengthening you and us in our union with Christ. We are strengthened in our union with Christ. He knows we are his since he has also stamped his seal of love over our hearts and has given us the Holy Spirit like an engagement ring given to a bride as a down payment of the blessing to come. First of all, every promise the Lord has made in scripture and through the individual promises, through the gift of prophecy that align with scripture for your personal life, for this community, for our city, for our country, is yes and amen in Jesus. That promise does not change or warp because of the circumstances we face. My mom said to me this morning, you need to be an oak of righteousness. You stand firm when the promises look good or bad. In and out of season, you stand firm. They are yes and amen in Christ. They need to align with this word, personal promises. This is the highest promise. This is the highest word. But every promise that is spoken over you is yes and amen in Christ. How do we make our decisions in life the way that Paul did? I will come to see the promises fulfilled. If I don't come, it's because the Holy Spirit said to me, hold on, I'm doing a work there. Come later. Because every promise for this community, the Corinthians, is yes and amen in Christ. We make our decisions like that in life. God's promise for this community is so he, the, the things that he's spoken. Therefore, the decisions I make, when I come, what I do, how I do things, is as the Holy Spirit leads to fulfill and complete the promises he's spoken over this community. With my children, Lord, what decision shall I make for the schooling? What decision shall I make here? Well, what are the promises spoken over this child? And my decision is a yes and amen that every promise will be completed in them. And therefore, the Spirit leads me to make decisions. It's a beautiful, beautiful summary. That is how we are led by the Spirit, focused to see the promises of God fulfilled in the individuals, in the community, and in our country around us. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful way to see our lives. And, and then um, Paul says, the engagement ring is the Holy Spirit. He has set a seal on our heart, and that seal guarantees the promises to come in eternity and guarantees the promises that the word says of who he is, the victory he's won and who we are and seeing that kingdom come to earth. When you see my engagement ring, when you see my rings here, you know that it's me and then you get Rob and I get all of Rob, all of his inheritance, everything he owns, everything he is. This actually is a symbol guaranteeing this whole reality. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He is within us, the hope of glory to guarantee everything that the Father has promised. It's a serious business, guys. It's a serious business. And um, Hebrews 11 verse 1, when it describes faith, is faith, the way that we walk, is the evidence of things unseen. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And faith itself is the evidence. The evidence is not in seeing what we do not see. The evidence is walking in faith. 
And let's be real, it's not easy sometimes. It's discouraging. It takes courage. It takes yielding to that hope of glory that resides inside of us. It takes learning to walk with the Spirit. With our eyes lifted, Isaiah 40 says, those who hope in the Lord... Will, they will renew their strength and soar on wings like eagles. As we learn to hope in the Lord, in our strength and in our union with Christ, our vision becomes elevated. You know when you're stuck in this vision and you just can't put the puzzle pieces together and hope actually elevates you? Oh, uh, okay, I see the promises of God. I see what he's doing. And you're able to actually kind of position your life correctly. I'm going to bring back this little candle for a second. Hope is often wishing for the impossible. But we don't want to risk, dream, or hope. We don't want to stake anything on the impossible because we want to be realistic. Oh, it would be so nice if this happened. But to be realistic, let me not stake my future, my reputation, my money, my time on this because, like, let's be realistic. Hope is actually not that. Hope is being absolutely sure of the promises of God, allowing the Spirit to constantly elevate our perspective and encourage each other to have the courage to stake all, to stake all on the promises of God. We, I want to see, like, I want to see the kingdom come like I've never seen before in my lifetime still. It is hard to stake all on that. It is hard, and it takes courage. I'm going to um, share the most beautiful story of hope that I have been mulling on these last months. And it comes from Jeremiah. So it's an Old Testament story, but it's just a beautiful, beautiful analogy of a story of hope. And it's from Jeremiah 32. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year of Zedekiah, king of Judah's reign. The army of the king of Babylon was then besieging Jerusalem, right? So the army of Babylon is attacking Jerusalem and Jeremiah the prophet was confined in the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace of Judah, i.e. he was imprisoned. Okay, so similar to Paul, he's in prison. Um, Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me Hanamal, son of Shalom, your uncle is going to come to you and say, buy my field at Anatoth, and because as nearest relative, it is your right and duty to buy it. Then, just as the Lord had said, my cousin Hanamal came to me in the courtyard of the guard and said, buy my field at Anatoth. Now, <laughs> when the cousin comes to say, buy the field, it's not looking good. The armies are besieging Jerusalem, the armies of Babylon, and they're actually camped on the field at the time, okay? <laughs> Jeremiah is in prison. He may actually never get to see the piece of land that, he, that the Lord is asking him to buy. He doesn't know. Those are the circumstances he was facing. But he was convinced, number one, that the Lord had spoken, the promises of God, and he was convinced that God had a plan for the salvation of that land. So convinced that the reality for Jeremiah was not that the enemy was camped on the field, but that God was using that land to fulfill his promises. That's hope. Ooh. 
and Jeremiah is prepared to invest in God's promises for that land. Faith was the action of buying the field, of believing in the purposes of God, the unseen. And when he buys the field, the atmosphere changes. It's like someone's prepared to have hope for this nation. Hey? And you know why this is so personal for me? Is Ten years ago when we started Motherland, the Lord said to me, I want, I want this to be like you're buying. He used this picture for me. I want you to, this to be like you're buying a field here in South Africa, here in Africa. And so it's a very personal uh, story for me. But that, that decision to purchase that land was suddenly changed the atmosphere from hopelessness to hope. So the enemy is pounding at the gates, camping at the field. But Jeremiah declares what the Lord has spoken from just the previous chapter. Um, Jeremiah 31 verse 17. So there is hope for your future, declares the Lord. He's prepared to bank on that one. Um, and so his cousin comes into the courtyard and really, Jeremiah should be like, are you serious? You know, I'm a preacher, but I'm not stupid. Like that is worth nothing. In fact, probably no one would want to even take it from you right now. Are you mocking me? Do you think I'm stupid? But that's not what his response is. His response is, okay, I'm, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to respond to what the Lord has promised over this land. And then I just love this moment. I just love this moment so much. Um, Jeremiah then purchases the land. And then he cries out to God. He says, Oh, sovereign God, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard of you for you. I just love that. It's like you, 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 you act in faith, you act in hope, and then you're like, God, do you remember that you, know, the, you, you are king of all the earth and that nothing is too small of you? I love that moment. In the vulnerability of Jeremiah, he's got to remind himself that this was so risky and it is not looking good, but nothing is too hard for the Lord. Are we prepared to hope to, for, and there, I'm not speaking about one specific aspect, the Lord will reveal to you where your hope has waned. Are we prepared to hope when everything is looking pretty bleak? Do you know what the Lord's response is to Jeremiah? Verse 26, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? That's the Lord's response. That reality needs to captivate us, guys. The unseen reality that nothing is impossible for God needs to captivate our imaginations. We need to step from realistic, living by the scene, to hopeful anticipation and believing that our God can do the impossible and partnering with him in that like we were created to do from the very, very beginning. Hope is trust in the grace and power of God in the face of death. It is living constantly, patiently, patiently, <laughs> expectantly, resiliently and joyfully in the ability of the word of God and the promises of God to actually produce the desired and intended result that it was created to achieve. Not even white-knuckled, 
If, if we're white-knuckled kind of fuss-baiting in it, then we're probably relying more on our ability to hype up a hopeful, positive thinking on the matter. We have the hope of glory, Jesus, within us. We need to lean into that so that joyful can accompany our expectation. So that resilience looks like strength and courage and not white-knuckled fear. Let us be the people that carry the hope for the unseen reality that God wants to see made manifest in our country, in our church, in the people that are around us, in miracles and healings, in salvations and signs and wonders. And we may be required to invest our time, our reputation, our risk, our money on the truth of God's word, even when it seems unrealistic. That's why you're in community, because you uh, have a tribe around you that carry this yearning, this longing, this hope. And we partner together in encouraging one another to not live by the scene alone, but to keep our eyes on heavenly places, to keep our eyes on the promises and the unseen of the Lord. I feel like the Lord just wants to minister into the hope that perhaps has been deferred or has withered in our hearts this morning. And so I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is just touching your own personal heart and the area of your heart where you know that your hope has been deferred or cut out or pulled out. Um, I just want to give you, this is such a beautiful story, a child's garden, and most often the most simple stories, the children's stories are the ones that are most profound. Hello, Narnia. Hello, parables. Gospel. Um, But it's this beautiful story of a little boy who is in a refugee camp. And um, obviously his environment is rubble. There's not a lot of possibility in that environment. It's dry, it's cold, it's winter. He's living in poverty and there's no possibility of good there in his circumstance. And he finds this tiny little shoot, this tiny green shoot, and he begins to tend this little green shoot amongst the rubble and the barbed wire. And it begins to grow until it becomes this beautiful, beautiful expression, this beautiful flowering um, plant, and butterflies begin to come, and, um, and then children begin to come and play around. It becomes a source of inspiration and life to this little community that is living in squalor and in rubble. And one day, the soldiers from the other side come, and they pull down that garden of hope. And I just want to say that in my life and perhaps in your life, you have had areas before that have been very fruitful. Um, whether it's in seeing you know, the miraculous, whether it's in being very close to God, like feeling his presence very closely in your walk with him, whether it's in a church environment, whether it's in business, you may have seen a flourishing that actually something came and ripped it out and pulled it out in a season. And now you are cautious to believe again in what you have seen previously. Um, 
and there's, there's great tears at seeing what has actually happened. And then he sees that actually on the other side of the fence, there's little shoots of life. Hope is resilient. Hope is Jesus. And so where you think your life is looking super hopeless, you're going to find there's sprouts because that's who he is. That is who he is. It's not up to us. Those sprouts start to grow. And he suddenly sees that there's someone else on that side tending those little shoots. And maybe this morning is just realizing that you're surrounded by a community of people that have some shoots that we're watering and tending hopeful promises to see the Lord's goodness unfold and manifest all around us. And then he sees that they're on his side too. That what he thought was dead begins to live again. And those two grow together into something absolutely beautiful. Let the soldiers return, thought the boy. Roots are deep and seeds spread. Hope is a deep, deep, deep virtue. Hope is Christ himself. And the roots are deep. And the seeds spread. And eventually, hope overtakes the fence. And the children start living in a different reality. And that's the reality the Holy Spirit wants to partner with us in imagining. What it looks like when that hope takes, takes shape and the fence begins to come down and we actually begin to live in a new reality because we've expected the promises of God to take shape and to manifest around us. So can we just, can we just take a moment? Um, let's just close our eyes. I just, I actually feel the emotion of the Father right now in this moment because it is a tender thing to see that sprout of hope in your heart and to believe that it will flourish into a garden. And the Father knows the tears and the Father knows the heartache. The Father knows the disappointment that we have walked through individually. He knows the pain. He knows the things that have, where it felt like soldiers, like an enemy came in and just stole the promise, the hope, the expectancy. And I, I just feel such a tenderness. The Father knows. He has seen our tears. He has seen our sore hearts. He has seen our longings disappointed. And he knows I just want you to receive the love of the Father. He is not distant, saying, you better hope. He is within us in the person of the Holy Spirit. When we get Holy Spirit, when we get Jesus, we get the fullness of God. And so he is with us right now. His embrace holds us, and he knows. He knows and yet he says, Christ in you is sufficient. It is more than enough to see hope reestablished in your heart, to see those longings for my kingdom, longings for more of me, for more of my goodness. Christ in you is more than enough. You are going to see that life sprout up and overtake 
It's going to be a salvation garden. So Father, we just allow you to embrace our hearts. And Holy Spirit, we just pray right now that you would bring to mind those areas where hope has been deferred and where disappointment has rooted out those those longings that we were hoping for. And I just pray that you would begin to water the garden of our hearts right now. I thank you for hope to spring up from the glorious reality of Christ inside of us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would work in our minds, that you would mold and shape our thinking, that we would have the mind of Christ, that we would begin to imagine not what could happen in fear, what could happen in anxiety, what could happen in darkness, but that we would begin to imagine what could happen in partnership with you. I thank you for every promise that has been spoken over us as individuals. I thank you for promises spoken over our children. I thank you for promises spoken over this community. I thank you for the promises spoken over our country. And we say they will be completed and fulfilled because they are yes and amen in Jesus. You are still the one that does the impossible, Father God. You are still the one that despite all odds brings life in death and salvation and goodness and a hope and a future. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We're, just, we're going to take communion now. And we're literally just going to take it in this moment to remember that this is not about us. That this is about the gospel, the victory of Jesus on the cross. And we are leaning into the fullness of what that means for our planet, for humanity, for us personally. So we're just going to go back to that place of reflection and pray together and be thankful for what Christ has achieved at the cross and anticipate what that may look like in our lives, in our togetherness. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit thecollectivechurch.ca today.